0: When the Feast of the Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force! No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages, as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one after another their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on, and kept saying, Aren't these the Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. That's when Peter stood up, and backed by the other eleven, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews! All of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions, your old men dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above, and signs on the earth below. Blood, and fire, and billowing smoke, the sun turned black, and the moon blood red. For the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous, and whoever calls out for help to meet God will be saved.
1: Uh, the words he's prepared for us this morning. Father, I pray for each one of us that we would be listening and alert to what the Spirit would have, have would speak to us. And Lord, that we would be willing to respond to the words that Tim shares. Amen. I'm just going to get another stand. I'm going to come closer to you this morning. I want to be closer to you all. So I promised you another joke, didn't I? Yeah, no. Come on, you know you want to. You, you, you'll be forever thinking, what was that joke he was going to tell us? Won't you? Yeah, just a little bit intrigued, though. No? Okay, well, to have a vote then. Who'd like to hear the joke? Oh yeah, you've got it right. <laughs> Sorry. So then, a photographer for a national magazine was assigned to take some pictures of a huge forest fire that was raging. And he was advised that a small aeroplane would be waiting for him and would take him uh, to be able to fly over the fire and take photographs. And the photographer arrived at the airstrip just an hour before sunset. And sure enough, a small aeroplane was waiting. He jumped in with his equipment and shouted, come on, let's go. And the tense man sitting in the pilot's seat swung the plane into the wind, and soon they were in the air, though flying rather erratically. ''Fly over the north side of the fire, will you?'' said the photographer, ''and make several low-level passes.'' ''Why?'' asked the nervous pilot. ''Because I'm going to take pictures. I'm a photographer, and photographers take photographs.'' The pilot replied, ''You mean you're not the flying instructor?'' So the day of Pentecost, as we've heard described today, was a day of high drama. It was a day where fire appeared. There was nervous tension. There was excitement. All of this, all of this drama following a time of waiting. So who likes waiting for something? Who likes waiting? Hands up if you like waiting for things. You enjoy the experience of waiting. Hands up if you really don't like the experience of waiting. Yeah, I, I'm not good. So who likes waiting for a bus to arrive? Who likes waiting for the car in front to start moving in a traffic jam? That is a real hate of mine. I, I'm not good with that. Come on, move! The lights are on green. Who likes waiting for holidays to come? Yeah, I, I much prefer those. That kind of waiting. Birthdays to arrive. Well, it depends which birthday, I suppose. Me to stop talking. Yeah? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so what's the thing you dislike waiting for the most? What's the thing you really, really despise waiting for? You, you, you just don't like it at all. It really, really frustrates you. What is it for you? Have a think about it and have a chat with somebody next to you about the thing that you dislike waiting for the most go for it what about you what? like waiting for certain things that's clear Don't worry, you'll have more opportunity to chat about other things in in the next few minutes. But what about deep down in your heart? What about in your dreams or in your hopes? What are you waiting for at the moment? What are you waiting for at the moment to do with school or your family life or work? or to do with church. What is it that you're waiting for? Or waiting for something. But what is it? What is it for you? Have a quick chat about that with somebody next to you. What are you waiting for deep down in your hopes and dreams? We're all waiting for something or some things in our own lives. And that could be to do with work or school or uni or home life, family. It could be something really personal to you like health or worry or stress. You know, it could be related to all sorts of things. Waiting is an important An unavoidable part of life. A while before Pentecost, on the day that he went up into heaven, Jesus told his friends to go back to Jerusalem to wait for the Spirit to come. Quite a simple instruction. And yet, they had to wait. Now, they must have waited in all sorts of different ways. Because they were very different people. What do you do? When you're waiting for something to happen. Do you twiddle your thumbs? You know, we say that, don't we? I've never seen anybody twiddle their thumbs when they're waiting. Have you ever seen that happen? I've not. Do you sigh? Do you tap your feet? Tapping your feet's really annoying, isn't it? It's like Chinese torture if you're listening to somebody with that. Yawn? Do you look at your watch? Do you pace up and down? Waiting for something to happen? Keith's a pacer. Yeah? You check your watch as well. How do you wait for something to happen? Have a chat with somebody next to you again. How do you wait? What do you do to pass the time when you're waiting? So then we wait. In many different ways because we're very different people. And so presumably that happened with the disciples back then when the Holy Spirit came as we heard from the Bible. Jesus had promised the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit, but his friends, well, had to wait and wait and wait. The point in the Bible where we pick up the story today happened on the Jewish harvest festival of Pentecost. That's where the name originates. And Jesus' friends were together, all together, in one place in that room. Maybe they'd been reading the Bible. Maybe they'd been praying together. Maybe they'd been praising God. We don't know for sure. Perhaps they'd been retelling all the stories about all the things they'd experienced with Jesus. The things they'd seen Him do. And the things that He'd helped them to do. But maybe they were anxious too. Maybe they were nervous. Maybe they were impatient. Maybe they were frustrated. How would you have felt if you'd been there waiting for the Holy Spirit with the disciples? How would you have felt? I know for me, I would have been really, really curious to know what the Holy Spirit would be like and what He'd come to do and to help us to do. I'd I'd be really, really curious and intrigued. And in that waiting... Those different people waiting in different ways. Into that room. Suddenly there was a sound like a mighty wind. Can we make a sound like a mighty wind this morning? With our mouths, preferably. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Do that then. That doesn't sound like a mighty wind. That sounds like a gap in the, a gap in the window. Right. Let's try again. Come on. That's good, that's better. It's slightly more convincing. So the room was filled with what must have been a deafening sound of wind. And then tongues of fire appeared above each person's head. Imagine that. Quite extraordinary. And all of those in the room were filled with God's Holy Spirit. And then they began to praise God in different languages. Well, I thought it would be a bit uh fun to this morning to have a go at praising God in different languages. So, Nat, if you uh, advance the slide, please. There we are. So this means praise God, and we've got it in French, and we've got it in Hebrew, and we've got it in Swahili. So, shall we have a quick go at uh, practice these? I've been practising my accent. Hopefully, it'll be uh, really good for you. So, it's louange à Dieu. Okay. And then, Andrew would tell us how to say this better than me, but Baruch Hashem, and then Mungu Asifuwe. Okay, so let's have a go at the French one then. Louange Adieu. And Hebrew, Baruch Hashem. And Swahili, Mungu Asifuwe. So decide which one you're going to use, because okay? we're going to praise God with these. So decide which one. So who's going to say French. Yeah, we're really pro-France here, aren't we? This is good. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. Look, be generous. Be gracious. Right, who's going to do French? Slightly more. Great. Uh, Hebrew. Some Hebrew and Swahili. Okay, and so, quite a lot of you not saying anything. Yeah, let's do it again. We're not going anywhere until you all decide one of them. So, French. Rate right. Hebrew Swahili. Right. Good. So let's do it all together, really clearly, and it's praising God in these different languages. After three. One, two, three. And again. One, two, three. And again, go for it. And one more time. Brilliant. Well, you imagine that. All these different languages, praising God. It gives us a hint at what it was like back then. People from many different countries in Jerusalem. And when the disciples spilled into the streets and the people heard and understood what was being said to them, they were completely amazed. Because they heard the marvelous things of Jesus. The Spirit had come in power just as Jesus Promised. And from that point on, the Holy Spirit enabled them to do the things that Jesus had asked them to do and would continue to ask them to do. And the Holy Spirit gave them the courage that they needed. And so the church was born. And this isn't just true for the beginnings of the church worldwide hundreds of years ago. This church, Christ Church, based in Hill, has also been born through the power of God's Holy Spirit. And also we're being constantly born and reborn. But born for what? Yes, we're born through the power of the Holy Spirit, but born for what? Born to sing hymns, say prayers, and drink tea? Well, yes, of course. And so much more, so much more than that. I've just picked out a few things to explore this morning. This isn't all we were born to be, but hopefully, maybe, it's some of the things that we need to look at right now. You should all have a sheet given to you with four boxes on it. You can use this. There are four points that I want to explore this morning and use it as an opportunity to write or draw something in that box that helps you to think about this point some more or to remind you about it. So the first one then is that we are born to be ready, born to be ready. So you could draw or write, you could write the word ready in there if you wanted to, or you could draw something that reminded you or helped you to think about being ready. So you might draw an ever-ready battery, you could do that, okay? Or you could just do the word or whatever you think of. So are you ready for what God has in store for you? And are we ready for what God has got in store for us as a church? Years ago, I led a team that ran some really amazing holiday clubs uh, for, for quite a number of years. And hundreds of children used to come to these. And we used to have an amazing time. It was such a talented team. And one of the people who were uh, on the leadership team of that... As a really good friend of ours called Neil, and he used to run the games for the for the children in the afternoon, and they used to have a great time with with Neil. And one of the things he used to do was he used to say he used to ask them, "Are you ready? Okay, are you ready?" And he'd have them shouting back, "We were born ready." Okay, and you could hear this for miles around because they would really shriek it at the top of your at top of their voices. So I'm going to ask you this morning, "Are you ready?" Yeah, you don't sound very ready. So let's try it again. Are you ready? We were born ready. It's true. Through the Holy Spirit you are we are born ready to go wherever God sends us to go, to be whatever God wants us to be, to do whatever God wants us to do. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to shape our lives around Jesus. And we see this from the first disciples. They were ready and they were waiting. So what are you waiting for? You were born ready to receive the help you need to live for God, whatever that involves. Secondly then, we're born to be together. So you could write in a second box the word together or you could draw a group of people and you can uh, help use that to help you re- be reminded that uh, we're born to be together. Sometimes in church, there's the tendency to go on the lookout for the next biggest thing. You know, I was thinking of a, a word or a phrase that you might get on, on the TV. You know, if, if people were going to look for, for where the Holy Spirit was doing something, the biggest thing uh, this year or, or whatever, the, 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 the TV show would be called Glory Hunters, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? It, it would, because they'd be going looking for where the Holy Spirit is and seeing what he was doing. But looking at this story from the Bible, we see that the Holy Spirit found the disciples, not the other way round. And he found them while they were together, all in one place. So when the going gets tough in life, or at work, or at school, or in our church community, we ought to be encouraged to avoid the temptation to go looking for some kind of uh, big encouragement somewhere else, away from our church family. Our family is the place where we should find that encouragement. The disciples were in the upper room. And they were waiting in all sorts of different ways. So some of them were anxious. Some of them were nervous. Some of them were frustrated. And in all of that, they committed to be together. They didn't give up on one another. And we need to do that too as a church family. We need to be committed to one another. And we need to not give up on one another. So that together... We can be empowered by God's Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants us to do and to be whatever he wants us to be. So if that was the second thing we're born to be, then the third is this. We're born to be amazing for God. Now you can write the word amazing if you want, or you could draw a star with your name in it. How about that? Just to remind you that you're born to be amazing for God. So what have you been born to be for God? Do you know? Are you bothered? Am I bothered? Do you feel like you are what you were born to be? But do you not know yet and you're desperate to find out? I've told some of you before that over ten years ago now, I was experiencing a calling from God to be ordained to be a priest. And that was a really difficult time because at the time I, I felt like if I gave into this, I would, I would lose myself in the process or lose something of myself. And it was conversations with Kate and a lot of prayer. And then God said to me in all of that, you know, Tim, if you follow me in this, you'll become more the person that I want you to be, not less. But I tell you what, it was really, really difficult. And it was ever so painful. And that can be true of us if we follow God's way in life, what he wants us to do. It can be difficult. But if we don't shy away and we carry on with it, no matter who we are, no matter what age we are, it might be difficult, but we'll become more the person that God wants us to be. So what are you waiting for? At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit took ordinary people and did amazing things through them. We're born to be amazing for God. How? Is the question that each of us needs to grapple with. So, fourthly and finally then, we're born to be adventurous. Adventurous. So, you could write the word adventurous, if you can spell it. Don't forget, it's a U-R, not an E-R. Steve? Steve? It's alright. It's special needs spelling like me. And, um, I'm joking, I'm joking. And then, we, uh, or you could, you could, I don't know, draw a, a rucksack, or a, or a rambler, or a you know, hiker. Or you could draw a jeep. Something that talks about adventure and going into adventurous sort of places. Now, there's a new car on the market. You may have seen adverts for this on the TV. The engine stops when the cars are at a standstill, and it starts again when the accelerator pedal is pressed. I think this is a great image of what it's like to live with the Holy Spirit's strength, to live in His power, to go where He inspires us to go. But it doesn't just happen by sitting there doing nothing. We can think we should wait and wait for the Holy Spirit to come to us or the church before we get on to help others to follow Jesus. But in truth it only happens when we press the accelerator pedal and then the engine starts. The Holy Spirit has promised that he'll be with us, but we have to be a partner with him. We can't just just sit there idly and just expect the Holy Spirit to do everything. So the promise is that the Holy Spirit will be with us and he won't leave us. He won't leave us standing there like a car at a set of traffic lights. The Holy Spirit will help us so the engine will start, the wheels will turn. And he'll give us all the help and the encouragement we need. So what are you waiting for? You were born to be adventurous and move off trusting that the Holy Spirit will be there for us. I've been listening to an album, a music album, just lately, the last three weeks. Uh, Martin Smith's new album. It's a fantastic new album. i encourage you to get it and listen to it. I'm, you know, I'm really choosy when it comes to music, uh, being a musician. But it's one of the best albums I think I've heard from Christian uh, circles in a long time. And he writes this amazing phrase in one of his songs. He says this, Something new is being born. And we were born for this. Something new is being born. And we were born for this. And this is certainly true for us as a church community. And I think it's time for us to open our eyes and see it. And step into it. And accept it and welcome it. Through the Holy Spirit, something new is being born. And we were born for this. So let's ask the Holy Spirit to enable us, to give us the strength, to follow Him. To go where He wants us to go. To be what He wants us to be. So that other people may know Jesus and experience God's life-changing love in their lives. Amen.